What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. This is Brandon Kelly, the host of Blue Wire's new podcast, Golden Goal. As he takes everybody up, Messi has got it! From Lionel Messi to Marta to Pele, our show takes a deep dive into soccer superstars. 2-0 and he's... What a World Cup for Megan Rapinoe! From Zlatan Ibrahimovic's brash confidence with the play to back it up, to Megan Rapinoe's heroic outspokenness and World Cup flair... Each episode examines a personality of the world's game. We'll dig into Maradona's Hand of God performance and subsequent downfall. The teenage trio at Dortmund that signaled the next generation of superstars. And that infamous headbutt that slung Zinedine Zidane from glory. Golden Goal. Soccer stars and the moments that made them. Premiering this summer on Blue Wire. This is all Pelicans all the time. Part two of In the Know. Hope you guys enjoy this part where we answer your questions, and we're all very excited for the Pelicans to begin their games. And here's some content to steal you over until they start. Okay, well, we can get started on some questions that some of the readers have submitted to us. Um, let me let me kick this off, and and we'll start with one of my favorite topics. Um, can we expect Lonzo to be more aggressive with him being fully healthy? Do we see more drives and trying to get to the free throw line? Uh, I mean, so I, I guess I, I'm a little confused by the more healthy part because I feel like he was pretty, he looked pretty damn good um, right before the, the stoppage. So um, I, I, I feel like I would kind of tie this back to my, my prior comments around his, his strength. And if he really did add, add some muscle and, and um, that, and, the the other work that he's clearly been putting in over the time off. I mean, I, I think he's, I think he knows where he needs to really continue to develop. And I would hope to see some improvements there. I, it's, I mean, any, anything would be an improvement in that regard for him uh, because he's not really starting from a place of strength. Um, but I, I don't know if I'm confident that we'll see a different, uh, more aggressive Lonzo 
uh, in this next eight games or so. But uh, it, I mean, it wouldn't it wouldn't shock me to see the numbers improve from where they were. Well, that's what the the, the clip of Gentry talking to him was saying, right? Gentry, there is a clip uh, at the Pelicans practice in in the bubble where Gentry is watching Lonzo shoot free throws and he is complimenting Lonzo's free throw form and and how he's making them he's like you know it doesn't get better than this you there's no reason you shouldn't be an 80 percent foul shooter and then he said with your dribble penetration there's no reason you shouldn't be getting to the line five times a game so that's your goal five times a game at 80 percent which would be incredible because he is I think historically maybe the worst guard ever to get to the free throw line in terms of free throw rate and the amount of minutes he plays and, and relative to his usage. And so if he went from basically nothing to five times a game, which a lot of people felt like that was a realistic goal and that was a good encouragement by Gentry, then you know the Pelicans have themselves uh, a really, really good player. And – I think that would make the offense tremendously better. So he's been given his, his mandate from coaching staff, and I don't want to hear any Lonzo Stan ever get in my mention and be like, well, Gentry just wants him to stand in the corner. Uh, <laughs> no, you guys are complete idiots. The coaching staff wants him to do this stuff, and now you've heard it from the horse's mouth yourself. And I think it is also a reasonable expectation for Gentry to want him to drive more frequently and get to the free throw line five times a game. I think he can do it. He thinks he can physically do it. Um, it remains to be seen if he will. Mm-hmm. Do you think that, um, you know, if, if Gentry feels, if Gentry wants to put him in positions like that, do you think the offense changes? I mean, do, do responsibilities change between him, Drew and Ingram um, and, and what they're, what they're asked to do? Um, or do you think they just kind of keep, keep things right where they left off as, as much as they can? No, I don't, I don't think – I think people have this idea of like, oh, well, the coaching staff gets together and they figure out, well, this player is going to get this many shots, this player is going to get this many shots, and this player is going to do this. And with Alvin Gentry and his coaching staff, it could not be further from the truth. They have – when people talk about egalitarian offenses, they have an extremely egalitarian offense – and basically, if you want it, it's yours for the taking. That's the way their offense functions. So if you want to be a person that wants to um, drive to the, the hoop more, like dominate the ball a little more, it, it's, it's yours for the taking. And obviously, they encourage ball movement and um, pace and all that stuff. So as long as you're working within those constructs, there is no clearly defined, you know, you're going to get this many shots per game. Like, that just... It's not a thing. And so they've been asking, and I've, and I've had these conversations with the coaching staff, they've been asking Lonzo to drive all season long. All season long. It's entirely on Lonzo if he wants to do it. And and Lonzo's found a way to be really effective by not doing it, and it's fine. I don't, To me, I don't need him to, to be that kind of player. I think he fits really well with, with what the roster is right now, and uh, I think he's playing really well as what I call a ceiling raiser rather than a floor raiser. If the Pelicans needed a floor raiser, then yes, I would want him to uh, be on the ball more, attack the rim more, and do all these things. Now, if he develops that aspect of his game, that's going to be incredible. He's just going to be a better player. Um, I've come to peace with uh, 
the fact that if he never develops that aspect of his game, he could still be a really good player. Makes sense. I think that's fair. Um, is there, I'm trying to see if there's any questions that tie into that topic and are good, like good segue, but um, what about uh, um, I, there? I think we got a couple of questions about Nikhil. Um, so keeping with the Pelicans guard theme. And so asking about, you know, what, what what we can expect from him? I think I think maybe some of the convers uh, some of the points around him growing three quarters of an inch got people excited. Obviously, combining that with what we saw from him in summer league was not quite what we saw from him in in the pros uh, or, or in the, when the games counted. Um, one, do you, do you think that he's a guy who is going to get? I, I know we kind of already said that it's not it's tough to predict what who is going to get what minutes, but. Um, do you think, I guess my first question is, do you think Gentry is going to change the allocation of minutes that he was distributing between Nikhil and Frank Jackson? I don't know. I feel like they love Frank a lot and I don't see it. Even John Hollinger was when he was previewing the Pelicans with Will Guillory in, in one of the athletic articles that came out recently was like, yeah, you, the Pelicans are knee deep in quality guards uh, in their guard rotation. And yet we would still see random Frank Jackson cameos. And I completely agree with that. There's no reason at this point, there's eight games left, maybe a handful more. If you make the playoffs, we've seen enough of Frank. He's not going to show you anything in this bubble that he hasn't shown you before. We know who he is. And at this point, if I'm a GM of the team, I'm telling the coach, there's no reason to play him at all. Just give those minutes to Nikhil if they're there. And and that's how I feel about Nikhil. Now, the fact that Nikhil grew three-quarters of an inch, I could not care less. I need him to not take such erratic shots. I need him to be more controlled when he's trying to drive and play more like the player that he was um, in college and in, in summer league. So I think a lot of that was – getting used to the speed of the NBA game and obviously nerves and wanting to make a good impression and not lose minutes. Uh, and so trying to do a lot, it, typical rookie problems, hopefully with this time off and then playing in an environment where there are no fans will help Nikhil be more of a grounded player and, and make smarter decisions. And if that is, that is what I'm looking for in, in Orlando really is his decision-making and, uh, him just not playing like a spaz, but if, if that's if he gets minutes, right? And if he doesn't yeah. get minutes, I'm okay with that too because the Pelicans have a bunch of quality guards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I, I like the uh, and this is always kind of just fluffy stuff and, and and may not mean the damn thing, but the the comment that he made about watching film of Manu, I thought that was pretty pretty cool and like not. I don't know if that's a super intuitive guy to, to, to watch um, as, a, as an NBA player um, and not maybe not the first guy you think of, but I think it makes a lot of sense for him. Uh, and I thought that was, it was, it was pretty interesting. Yeah. I mean, if that's what he envisions his role being at some point, then that's great because, you know, that's an important role. And most people don't want to come off the bench and, and play like Monty. They want to be a starter. They want a max contract. And I'm sure Nikhil wants all that stuff too. But, mm-hmm. you know, if he's realistic about like, you know, this is my, the high, my high end outcome of being like one of the greatest shooting guards ever. Uh, I don't think that's, that's Nikhil's ceiling at all. I think that's a bit unfair to say that, but if that's what his aspirations are, 
Great. I like it. And I think someone in my Twitter mentions, uh, said that Nikhil definitely has like the requisite cojones when it comes to shot taking and, and playmaking that both drive the coaches mad, but kind of make them begrudgingly accept the risk taking because they get so good at it. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Are you at all concerned thinking of it longer term around the ability to give him the minutes that he would need to develop? I mean, cause I, I'm just thinking about, you know, let's assume that drew sticks with new Orleans. Um, and, and, and also let's assume that Didi comes over next year. Is there, is there a risk in stunting his development? Not to assume that he's going to be a super impactful player. I think the jury's still very much out on that, but um, I, I feel like there is at least some risk in, in that and in, in making sure that he, that he can develop the way they want him to. Yeah, I definitely think it's a concern because of the quality of depths, uh, quality of guards on this team. I do think what separates Nikhil from Josh Hart or Etwan or JJ or Didi is a fact that he can serve as your pseudo point guard, or essentially he can be your lead ball handler off the bench um, if he's not a full-time point guard. But I, I think he can be, and I think that's what they're kind of grooming him to be is this backup uh, decision maker. And I think because of that, that is the one skill none of these other guards have. He will get minutes. I, f- I feel like I'm, I'm thinking back to like 2012 and when – my head exploded when they, the Pelicans or the Hornets drafted Austin Rivers. And like, that's, that was the, I think that was the intent of drafting him was that he can be that, that type of guy you just described that they want Nikhil to be. Um, because obviously I, him as a shooting guard just didn't, that, picking him that high never made any sense to me. Um, but if, if you really truly believe that he could be like this combo guard and be the, be a, be a, a true like primary ball handler in some cases and dis- distributor at some point, then maybe that pick can pan out. But I, and I feel like um, it's, it, it's similar to what you were just talking about with, with, uh, with Nikhil. So that was pretty, pretty interesting corollary there. Yeah. I think someone in our list of submitted questions asked uh, if the Pelicans have, he says, I have a feeling they have given up on him too soon, which I find that a, like a ridiculous ass, like assertion because it's been 50 games into the season yeah. and, and he's a rookie and the team has a ton of guards, a ton of guards, Drew, JJ, Lonzo, Etwan, Josh, you know, Frank, and then there's Nikhil. He's a rookie. He's at the bottom of the totem pole. So, you know, giving up on him too soon, I, I don't see it. I think they'll they'll invest in him over the next couple of years mm-hmm. uh, for both purposes of getting the returns of him becoming a good player, but also boosting his value as a tradable piece. Yeah, makes sense. Um, wanna any any others that you want to hit on next? Yeah, I I kind of like this one. How do you feel about the potential Lakers Pelicans matchup with the loss of Avery Bradley and Rondo weakening their already thin guard rotation? And I like that question because we've been talking about the Pelicans guards for a little bit. But do you, do you want to do you want to touch on that? No, you, you go first. So, yeah, I mean, I think the Lakers not having anyone to defend Drew Holiday or or J.J., I don't know. I, I feel like that's that's a little bit overblown. Um, I think with, with J.R. Smith and KCP and Danny Green, I think guys like Drew and J.J. are going to get the requisite attention. And Lonzo, again, I, I don't expect him to be a threat in the half court. So in transition it doesn't really matter who's guarding him he's so good 
that he's going to find those passes in those lanes anyway, and it's really hard to defend transition. So that's not what I'm concerned about. But in a slower playoff environment, I don't, I don't think the loss of Avery Bradley or, or Rondo as point-of-attack defenders is going to hurt a guy that's not really a point-of-attacker. Um, but with, with regards to Drew, like, yeah, maybe. I don't know. As far as, like, the Lakers' offense goes, those guys, to me, like, they were there to just maybe knock down shots and sometimes take over ball handling duties when LeBron wasn't on the floor. Like, is that going to make a difference in the playoffs? I doubt it because LeBron's probably going to play close to 40 minutes a game and dictate every bit of offense possible. And really what it comes down to is do the Pelicans have an answer for LeBron and they don't. But I think the Pelicans can handle AD. Can they handle both LeBron and AD? Absolutely not. I, I don't think so. And And that's what it comes down to. And so, that's why I feel like the loss of Bradley and Rondo doesn't really make a difference. Yeah. I mean, so I think in the grand, if we're talking just the Pelican series, I mean, let's, yeah, I don't think anyone is naive enough to think the Pelicans can, can win that series, but I, I do feel like um, it matters for a couple, couple reasons. One is that, you know, it, that's a taxing responsibility for LeBron um, whereas before at least he had guys who could take that load off of him for a little bit. And, and, and I totally agree with your point that in the playoffs, he's going to be that guy for most of the game either way, but also his defense uh, this year compared to like the, the year he took off last year has been di- much different. And so if you're asking him to do all that on both ends, um, he's superhuman. So it's not like I don't think he can get it done, but it's, it's, it is putting more of a responsibility and more taxing, of a workload on him when we saw a similar aspect with drew to start the year, um, what he was asked to do guarding other teams, best players, as well as being a a high usage player on the offensive end. So, I mean, I I think it matters Um, against Pelicans doesn't matter. Probably not really. Um, I do think that it makes, maybe it gives the Pelicans more of an edge in the, the the non LeBron minutes. And so, um, you know, if when LeBron's off the floor, what happens? Who's handling the ball? Is it, I mean, what Quinn cook or, or KCP. I mean, like, I don't, I don't see anyone else as being Dion waiters, I guess. I mean, it's, it is, it is interesting. I, I'm very curious what they do with Caruso, the LeBron. buddy. <laughs> yeah. <He's the> goat. <laughs> Caruso apparently is good at everything then. Um, but yeah, I, 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 that, that would be the one thing to me. And I think that the Lakers will have some time to figure it out. And, and again, oh, what's Rondo's timeline. Wouldn't, couldn't he be back for the playoffs at some point? I thought they said like six weeks. Yeah, so if six weeks, and then then he he would probably miss the first round, um, maybe part of the second round. But um, but yeah, so I yeah a lot of words say that it probably doesn't matter that much, and I don't think it swings. That's swings the thing is like I I don't think they were that good of players. I think Avery Bradley was important for their defense because he gives them someone to harass guards, but like. I don't think he was that big of a difference maker to where them losing him is going to change the outlook of their season in any meaningful way. Yeah. I mean, if you're making the argument, it's the favors argument, right? It's the replacement value. Uh, And and so you're saying that they have, but beyond LeBron, they have no one else who's even remotely capable of handling the ball uh, in in high pressure situations, which if you're going to make that case, fine. Um, similar and then the corollary to, to favors is decide like you know beyond, beyond him they've got no one who can really be that interior defender uh consistently and Jackson Hayes is fine but he's still too, he's still a kid um so yeah I mean I, I think I, I agree with you on on both players it's just a question of 
what's the difference between those players and, and the next man up. Yep, I agree. Sports are coming back, and so are your chances to bet on your favorite teams and events. And there's no better place to start than our exclusive partners, Bet Online. Get in on the action for this week's big UFC fight, or check out odds on NASCAR, Formula One, and the Premier League. Can't wait for your team to come back? BetOnline has futures odds, including win totals, division winners, and even league championships. Or check out daily simulations of Madden and NBA 2K to watch and wager on. Visit BetOnline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus. That's promo code BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online wagering experts. Here's another question. Do you think Zillin is going to get minutes and scrimmages and or the short season? And then the follow-up question, which is not related to Zillin, is what does Drew's next contract look like for him to retire as a Pelican and make everything in the universe right? <laughs> um, the, the first question is, as I hope so. I mean, uh, we talked earlier about uh, Williams, and I think him being back and, and healthy negatively impacts Zillin's uh, ability to get some minutes. But I, I, I think that they're going to want to see see a little bit of him at least as they get ready to play. But I don't, I don't see a, a clear pathway for him getting any minute, any real rotation minutes once the games start to matter. Yeah. I think the idea of Zillin is this athletic combo forward who can defend multiple positions and provide rim protection and basically dunk everything into the sun. And he was even hitting threes <laughs> when he was in the G league. So like the idea of him is, is great. And that kind of player fully realized as a perfect kind of player to kind of close games with, with Zion. But is Zillin that player? I don't think so. Not at the NBA level. And I'm sure we'll see him in these next three scrimmages before the season starts back up. But I, I would be, I mean, I think if he's getting minutes, it's he's going to be one of those 2020 players where you're, he gets minutes. If you're up 20 or down 20. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the Drew question is so, or not not specifically to Giroux, but just contracts in general right now. Maybe you have a better gauge on it than I do, but I have no idea how to predict anything right now. And, and especially with, we don't know what next year, how many games they're going to play, what that looks like. And just like the, the, the salary cap outlook is just so unknown that I don't know how to, how to evaluate it. Is there something you feel like you can say with a relative degree of certainty on that question? No, absolutely not. I mean, I think that the plan is to do a bit of cap smoothing and to minimize the drop in. And I think what they want to do is hold the cap at this year's value rather than dropping it down significantly to whatever the revenue dictates it should be. And I think they're planning on doing that for any number of years or slowly reducing it for any number of years till things are right in the world again. But, you know, you can never say that with any kind of certainty because it just takes like one screw up or one one event to change all of that. But with regards to Drew, I mean, it would be amazing if he finished his career out as a Pelican because he's already contributed so much to the team and to the city. And, you know, most recently he announced, he and his family announced that they're donating around $5.3 million uh, to the local communities in New Orleans and Compton and Indianapolis and basically furthering black owned businesses and uh, HBCUs and uh, other black social services. And that, you know, that to give up that amount of money is just, it just shows like what an incredible human being he is. And I want that guy on, on my team forever. So I think, I really do think the Pelicans should 
look into extending him. And I frankly feel like that is the most likely outcome with regards to what happens to Drew when it comes to trading him or letting him walk whenever his contract is up. I think they will probably at the end of the season come to an agreement with some sort of extension now. But like you said, I have no idea what that even looks like at this point. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you all the way on that. And even, even the, uh, the trade outlook, if they were going to try to move him and, and get, get some different pieces for him. Um, if the Lonzo stands had their way, that would have already happened. But, um, but yeah, I, I would, I would love to see Drew Holiday retire as a member of this team. I think every, everything he does. And like, I, I feel like my perspective in the last few months has changed on this to, to be, uh, a, a little less give a shit about basketball and like there are just so many things that are more important and like having and I'm not saying you overpay Drew Holiday because of what he brings to the team off the floor and, and the kind of person he is but I'm not saying I'm also not saying that that shouldn't be a consideration in his next contract and so like um, I, I, I just I mean the guy's fantastic he's the true um, ambassador for the city of New Orleans now and I, I think that's you know that's something that's that's important especially for a small market uh, like NBA city, like, like new Orleans is. And so, um, I would, I would not be at all upset if that was, if that was a move that, that they made. Yep. I agree. Um, here are some questions from Tejeda who always, has, always good. Always, always good. has a good list <laughs> of questions. So first question is thoughts on the Pels charging season ticket holders for next year's season tickets, even though there's not a direct plan for how that season will go. I, I don't like it. I think it's kind of shady. Um, I, I mean, and this isn't to say that they're not going to, they're obviously going to fully refund people for any games that are missed or that, or give credit for, I mean, I think they should just fully refund the money at, at rather or give them the option to get their money back or put it towards future games. But I, it's, I, I, I just, I don't think it's the the right way to do business in this, in this uncertain environment. Like, you can make the argument that that money is penciled for discretionary income, but I think it's a shitty argument and it should be, you know, that people, people need their disposable income right now more than ever. And I think, you know, putting that not, I, I think they should be putting all those payments on hold uh, to just pretty bluntly. And I don't, I don't like that. And I don't know what other teams around the league are doing, but I also don't really know if it matters. Yeah. The right thing to do here is get people their money back because yes. This is yeah. I, I don't agree with their plan. Like you said, I think it's anti-consumer, and I think especially as being uh, a participant and not even a participant, but a leader in this community that the Pelicans are, they should be acutely aware of this community's needs with regards to finances. And I don't think you can um, say that it this been, this money was penciled away for discretionary income because circumstances have changed so drastically so what may have been penciled away initially is definitely doesn't mean that is the case here now i think it's a different situation with with the corporate season ticket uh season ticket plans that they have sold and in you know if that was the the vast majority of things and that's what they're making their decision on that's a separate conversation but i don't think that's the case because it's the every it's the everyday worker that's really hurt here um and even if it was the corporate stuff just give the money back right? You, you guys are a billion dollar team. Just give, give the money back. Yep. That's, it's pretty simple. Question number two, if or when the Pelicans win it all, what moment would you guys start the championship documentary with? Ooh, that's a good question. So like, this is asking about like what the, 
what the referendum or like what the what what point in the season or asking when we would start it like actually how long after the season concludes it's the latter right no i think just like you know you you're making a film and okay. you you want to open the film up with like a scene and so like what moment impels history would you would, what what scene would that be Huh. that's okay so that was not my interpretation now i gotta think about it but that's a way better question um Hmm. I, I'm I'm thinking. Do you have Do you have a, a gut answer on this? I think it would be like an Anthony Davis trade request press press conference, like that the first one, where he was saying like I don't regret this, and you know, um, just trying to do what I can to be the most dominant player. I don't know, so whatever whatever that crap was, like that, that bullshit press conference he gave, gave the first time we talked to him after his trade request. Um, and then just like interlace it with cuts of him being uh, at the all-star game talking about like, oh, all 20. Oh, maybe started with the Rich Paul walking him out of the game early. And you end it with the that's all after you, after the, the confetti comes down, you end the, you end it with that's all folks, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but like interlace it with like footage of him at the all-star game, like going on every media thing like, Oh yeah. All, all 29 teams are on my list. All, all, all 30 teams are on my list. And, and, and that, all that crap. And then, you know, just subtly place ruffles. This is going to be a very petty documentary. <laughs> I was going to say, I, I, I almost feel like we're starting it on a negative note. And I don't know if that's, that's the way to go. Like it's got, I mean, I feel like it's gotta be something related to zion um but yeah i mean it would it'd be that or it'd be like the pels winning the lottery and um and alvin gentry just being like fuck yeah <laughs> just, I, I, <laughs> yeah i i i think that they would want to do something around and you, you, i fully am with you you got to weave in the ad stuff somewhere i don't know if you kick it off with that and i think it's probably and you want to just like I don't know if you want to do the lottery either. Cause I don't know if you want to, you want to make the foundation of the documentary about luck. And I think you want to make it more about like the, the journey and, and the work that went into it. And so maybe, maybe the draft, I don't know. Zion saying let's dance. The documentary is going to be called let's dance. I mean, come on. There's no better title than that. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably right. Um, but no, like what a great question. Okay. Um, yeah. And I'm, I, I want to like, I, I hope listeners send in their, their thoughts. Uh, you know, sometimes I feel like we don't do a good enough job sometimes of like, this seems like a people, Jake question. Jake, this is, this is up Jake's wheelhouse. <laughs> of, of yeah. Yeah. Def, definitely. So. And like, but even like, i I feel like we should be <laughs> uh, soliciting feedback on these questions as well. Not just the ones that, not just our, our answers. We want to hear what other people think too. It's a great, yeah. uh, great question. Um, I, I want you to go first on this last one because this is your this is your wheelhouse. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> the answer is yes. Okay, so the question is yes or no, chips on a sandwich. And the answer is yes. There's it, it's I don't think that's that's even a question. I mean like they add flavor, they add texture, they add a crunch, they add salt. You know, that's yes. I, I agree. I, I'm not saying I do it often, but I, I have no reason to be opposed to it. Um, is I have a couple follow-up questions on this. One, would you consider like chip crumbles or does it have to be full potato chips? I don't care. Okay. Uh, second is chips only sandwich. Like chips and then like condiments. 
gross. <laughs> I just wanted to see how far you go. I just thought of train. like, you know, like you get two slices of bread and then you get like your French <laughs> onion dip and then you lather it on both slices and then you put in a bunch of ruffles. Them. I mean, it, it might taste Ruffles, good. come on, come on. That's I guess that's AD's favorite sandwich. Come on. <laughs> Ruffle, like, you know, my I, I will say to AD, ruffles somehow just taste better to me when I'm dipping them with condiments than, I don't know, Lay's. Um, but yes, you, you get your French onion dip, you lather on both slices, put in a bunch of ruffles, and then you make a sandwich out of it. I mean, I, it probably wouldn't be the worst thing in the, in the world, but definitely gross. Um, what does it rate on your on your on the scale of uh, uh, of ramen pizza to ten? I mean, ramen pizza is ten, so I don't know what kind of scale you're talking about. Oh man. Um, all right, <laughs> moving on. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to see what else we got here. Um, oh, this is fun. Most probable closing lineup if Zion doesn't come back. I think Favors and JJ closing along with Drew, Lonzo, and Ingram. I, I just think that's their most played lineup, their most comfortable lineup. There's enough shooting there, and and defense, you just got to hope it works. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think that's right. Is there a is there a scenario you would say Melly instead of JJ, or is this, or do you find the a, a significant part of Melly's value is tied to tied to Zion? I do feel like Melly's value is tied to Zion a lot, but maybe I'm underselling Melly and his improvements he's made after getting healthy. But I just. I feel like teams respect JJ a lot more mm-hmm. on the on the three point line, so there's going to be more spacing. And I think the Pelicans have historically had more offensive problems closing the game, so I'm going with JJ. Yeah, the only I, I think I, honestly I would go with it, I think I mean Reddick's the answer that I think is probably best, but I would almost go with Hart before I would go with Melly in a lot of situations. Oh, I forgot about Hart. Yeah, you know what? I think it's Hart before JJ. Situationally, I could see it. Um, yeah, I think if you need a bucket, like if it's one of those timeouts, like you're subbing favors off and you're putting Melly and JJ in, I think that's what's going to happen. Or you not even put Melly in, you just put Hart and JJ in, and it's like Ingram at center. Um, but uh, That's an adventure. But that's if you need a bucket. Yeah. You know, and but I think on balance, I think Hart closes the game. You're right. Um, I'm not sure what else we got in the way. Of, I mean, there's some draft stuff, but I, I always leave that to you. So if you, there's a couple like around. Um, so I, I did. So I'll, let's take this one. Is there, is there anyone in this draft who you would use a future asset to move up and get um, like, and I guess let's like, let's put the, the top, top, top guys off to the side on this one, but anyone that you would do that for. I just hate this draft. <laughs> I really do. I I hate this draft. I want to get rid of our pick. And I'm cool. I've spent a lot of time researching this draft. And I'm going to publish. I'm going to spend a lot of right words on this draft and then a lot of words on drafts in general. And my idea with this draft is that it sucks. And I mean, I would I would use an asset to move up to grab a guy I I loved. 
I don't know who that guy is. I don't love any guy, but if in you know if I'm the Pelicans, if theoretically there was a guy that I loved and this is the guy I want to be with my core, I would I would not hesitate to to include an asset to go get that guy to make sure I had that guy. Um, I think you know if the, depending on the price, I would I would happily move up for Anthony Edwards or Lamelo Ball or Killian Hayes, but I think the price is not going to be worth it. Because while the, these are the best players in the draft, I don't. They're not. There is no guarantee these are ever going to be star level contributors. Reasonable. Um, are there? I, I got a couple other topics we can hit on. Um, but uh, are there any other questions that we've missed that you wanted to get to? I don't think so. Okay. Um. So I have one question and then I think one or two other topics. So who's been your favorite player to, to follow on the Pelicans during this bubble situation? Like just a social media wise. Probably JJ or Josh Hart. I mean, they've been the most active, so it's a little bit of an easy yeah. answer. Um, as far as like guys that aren't posting their own material, um, it, the, the favorite guy like for me to look out for in practice and, and those kind of videos has been Jackson Hayes. I am unhealthily invested in that kid's success. <laughs> and I, I'm excited to see how he develops. And I, I think he can be really good. So I'm excited to see how that works out. Yeah. You, you, I, I can't remember if it was you who shared or someone else, and this is not Pelicans related, but uh, the Sixers player, the rookie who was uh, post, who, who basically cut that, that video about life in the bubble. I thought that was awesome. Yeah, he has three episodes out, dude. He's oh really? Yeah, he he's he's posting them regularly, and and it's tremendous content. It's it's Matisse Thibel, mm. and he is a really gifted filmmaker. It turns out, but he's cutting, editing, documenting all this himself, and it is an amazing look. And and they're really funny, yeah. Too. Yeah, he has three episodes out. Check them out. And they're okay. he's putting them on YouTube as well. Uh, yeah that's awesome i think i think he cut the first one and then i got a dog <laughs> and then like i haven't followed so in the past week that's okay, i'm definitely gonna check that out um the the other thing i i thought we could talk about that was more recent was the awards situation um with uh you know the uh it got publicized yesterday that the the league has decided i don't know what the deal is for all nba teams i think that i i haven't seen confirmation of that but i ha- we we know now that rookie of the year mvp coach of the year six man all these awards are not going to include the last eight games of the season, but the stats will count towards uh, normal regular season stats. And oh, I, I have some thoughts around this, and I wanted to see what um, if you had a, an opinion on it. Yeah, so my opinion is that because of this new rule, the rookie of the year is Nicolo Melli, and I think Giannis is the MVP, and I think Defensive Player of the Year is also Giannis. And I don't think the Lakers should get any awards ever. <laughs> and I don't know. I mean, like, I the, I think the NBA's reasoning behind it was a little thin. Um, this idea that the other teams don't have, fairly get to participate. I mean, like, what are those guys in the running for anyway? Like, I think it's I think it's Graham. That's the only guy. Like, I, I was trying to think of all different awards and like maybe Graham for most improved player. Yeah. Like, but okay. that's it. Yeah, exactly. It's it's so silly. <laughs> Yeah. So, so that, that's about it. But you know, if that's, they want to give John Morant his perfect attendance award, that's good for him. And <laughs> perfect attendance award. That's awesome. And, uh, 
Yeah, that's that's how I feel about it. You know, good good, good for him. Good for that. <laughs> yeah, I it bothers me too. And I even like I don't even think the rookie of the year stuff is like top of mind. Like I feel like you can make the case. I I think you could have made a case for Zion if the regular season had played out, if the Pelicans made the playoffs, like all 82 games, like maybe he could have got close enough to be at least a, a conversation. Um, but when in eight games, I didn't see it anyway. Zion could steal it reasonably. I mean, voters will do what voters are going to do. But like, I felt like stuff like sixth man of the year and most improved player was that stuff's, I think it's certainly still up for grabs. And I think, I think it's kind of silly to eliminate the, if you're going to count the stats, then it's part of the awards that that's, I think it's, that's pretty simple to me. I thought it would have been, really fun well not really fun but like i I, something i thought about yesterday was uh creating some silly awards for like this just the bubble games and so if you want to cut it at at martin at the end of march then create some silly like mvp award or a couple other ones that like you know media companies will latch on to or like you know like a mvp ladder for these eight games you'll have someone completely out of left field in the running for this uh just I, i think the the just the overall silliness of who could end up winning it because of who's going to be playing all eight games as hard as you can uh, would, I mean, so it's probably James Harden, I guess I just talked myself into that, but anyway, no, you need to get more creative with them. Uh, most snitch hotline calls. <laughs> Days yeah, spent quarantining. Um, you know, most beers shotgunned. You need to, you need to get way more creative with the bubble awards. It's like, we could do our own bubble award show. Yeah. It's like yearbook superlatives here. This is great. <laughs> Yeah, basically. <laughs> oh, um, anything else we haven't hit on in terms of recent, um, you know, recent news around the league? I feel like we've done done most of it. Um, any, any, I guess to to wrap. Any, you've been you've been sharing. I, I, I thank you for this. You've done a really good job sharing the videos that the Pelicans have have sent out about with of practices in the bubble. Has there been anything that's really caught your eye so far from what you've seen? Um, outside of anything we've talked about in the podcast so far? Uh, it's really hard to say because one, I mean, first of all, I, I want to shout out the Pelicans for doing a really good job of yeah. putting all this together and providing the media with this. I think it is our, a really big step up from how their social media and, and PR team has been in the past. And so that's been awesome. And, but I think that trying to take away anything from these videos is asking yourself to be disappointed because one it's practice two it's a super cut of them just making buckets and not their misses at all so like our jackson hayes though (laughs) but i think that i mean i think it's exciting to watch and it's the most basketball content i've watched in months and yeah, I mean, I think that if I if I go by these videos, I don't think Etwan Moore is going to miss a shot ever, and the Pelicans are going to win every game. And I thought that before, so that's no not really a change. <laughs> well, then, then you should be happy with with everything that's going on. <laughs> um, all right. Anything else? No, I think this is a good good place to call it, and we'll probably reconvene when the games start back up, or the scrimmage just start back up, or if and when there's exciting news. Yeah, I'm looking looking forward to over scrutinizing the scrimmages instead of the practice videos. It should be fun. Yes, sir. Well, thanks for listening, folks.
been fed, that's a fact. I have been fed, that's a fact. My credit card purchases get me cash back. My credit card purchases get me cash back. No one else gets these rewards. Sergeant, that is just plain untrue. What in tarnation? Sir, PenFed's PowerCash Rewards Card isn't just for military members. Anyone can get cash back on all purchases. Ah, friggins! You've ruined my favorite song. PenFed Credit Union. Visit PenFed.org slash PowerCash. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Hello everyone, my name's Colin Kelly and I have one question for you. Do you love fantasy football and do you want to win in 2021? Then be sure to check out Rotoviz Overtime and all the other Rotoviz podcasts with new shows dropping every day on Blue Wire. We've got you covered for all things fantasy football. Subscribe to Rotoviz Overtime today.